Hey church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Hey, I just want to real quick, um, before we jump in the Word today, um, I just want to say thank you. If you were with us on Wednesday night, um, I did this, but I want to... I want to do it again. I just want to say thank you um, for um, your prayers this last week. Um, I, I promised that we, would have, we were supposed to be here for a handful of the weeks, and then last week we were not here. Um, it's due in part because um, my little man, Titus, he um, was in the hospital for three days. And so um, he was there, got, got pneumonia and just trouble breathing and all that stuff. So we were there together. So um, I just want to say thank you for praying. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for those of you that sent meals, uh, all the stuff. If we didn't respond to you, forgive us. Um, we got so many texts, and it's really good that uh, you get to walk, we get to walk through those moments in life with family. Come on. How many of you are thankful that when you get to walk in moments like that with others, it's, it's strengthening, it's helping? And so I'm just super thankful. He got home, and uh, we just rested. So thank you to Pastor Nick for jumping in and preaching as well. Uh, he, he did a great job. How many of you were blessed last week by the message from Pastor Nick? It was awesome. And so just want to say thank you so much. If you see my son, he's going to tell you all about how he rode in an ambulance. He thinks it's cool, and it's cool. So um, it's awesome. But uh, we're going to jump right in this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I feel like every preacher says that. I'm so excited. I got a word in my heart today. And um, I really do. I'm really excited to preach. That was funnier in my head than any of you guys are laughing today. Um, I really do. I'm really excited to preach the word today. I'm just going to give you a heads up. I'm, I'm going to preach today. Okay? Sometimes I'll teach. Sometimes I'll, I'm, I'm going to evangelize and preach the goodness of God today. Is that all right? I just feel like today we just need to be, we just needed to be lifted up today. How many of you want an extra lifting up of the Lord today? So I'm gonna preach today, but we are in a series real quick entitled Strong Church, a strong church. I really feel as I was away praying for some time, I felt like the Lord had, had put that word and phrase in my heart and led me to Revelations to read through the churches there in the book of Revelations. And I came into the, to the, to the letter to Ephesus and read about that church and their perseverance and their endurance in the Lord. And, and John's writing to them saying, I hold this one thing, though, against you, that you stop doing the things you did at first and you've forgotten your first love. And it hit me like, Lord, why? why? Why would you lead me there? And he said, because I'm calling Oasis back to the first love and back to the things you did early on to become a strong church. Really, you do this. This is simply how you become a strong church. Do the basics. Do the things that God has called us to do. Live in the reality and the truth that Jesus has said to us, that the writers of scriptures have said to us. Be a people that love the word of God. Amen? And so I said, man, we want to equip this bride because God is purifying his bride. God is cleansing his bride. Jesus is doing it because Jesus is coming back. When? I have no idea. Do I, do I wait in anticipation for that day? Absolutely. Am I excited? Absolutely. Do I, do I have a map in my room with the, no. I just hold on to hope today knowing that he's coming. And when he comes, he's not just coming for, for people that are just like, ah. He's coming for people that are strong and ready and prepared to receive him. 
And so, so I really feel like he's equipping and calling us. And so I kicked this series off with being holy and blameless. Do you know you're holy and blameless today? Even when you don't feel like it? No matter what you did last night, you're holy and blameless. Now you have to enter into that. There's action and all that stuff. Hear me. But because of Jesus Christ and you are in Christ. Come on, this is good. I'm already preaching. Enough for the introduction. We are in Because I'm in Christ, I'm found to be in him and all that he is. Even when I don't feel like it, even when it's not making this most sense, even when I'm down and doing things, I sh- he, I, I'm holy and blameless because of him. So he's strengthening his church. He's calling his church higher and greater. And so Pastor Nick preached about how God is a pursuing, he's a pursuing God, he's a pursuing father. He pursued us before we were in him. He's pursuing us now and he will continue to pursue us. Anybody thankful that we are part of a kingdom where our father pursues us? And so today... Today, I'm going to go through Ephesians 1. If you have your Bibles, get there right now. Ephesians 1, verses 13 through 23. And I put a subtitle to this message, A Victorious Church. A Victorious Church. You know, the book of Ephesians, what it will do if you read it, and I'm encouraging you, body, to read this book over these next couple weeks as we're preaching this. Find yourself to make this an devotional time. Get in this book, read it, read it. Even it, it go pack, like read the whole book all over and over and over again. This book will do something to you. You know what it'll do? It'll break passive faith. It'll strip you of passive Christianity. Because when you understand what Jesus has done and what he's given us and how he's given us so much and what he's calling us to do, it will break things in us. It has broken things in me and it will continue to do. So this is a call for us today to be reminded. I'm reminding us today. I'm just going to remind us today that we are a victorious church. Okay, you ready? Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to get there. Here we go. And you, so Paul's writing to the church. He's speaking to, to, to Gentiles, and you also were included in Christ. And I say thank you. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, hear this, this is good news right here, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You want to say amen to that? <laughs> you have a seal. You were promised with the Holy Spirit. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our, now he's speaking to Jew and Gentile, the whole body, one, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. And then this, this, these, these three words right here hinge everything for this, for this reason. So what Paul wrote just all the way leading up to that, those verses, verse 13, for this reason, because you have been deposited and sealed with the Holy Spirit, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Everyone say hope. Hope. Say hope like you mean it. Say hope. To which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great, another translation says immeasurable, right? Great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Do you know today you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead? I'm going to preach that, but just know that. Amen? 
and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion. And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and says, for this reason, you are people that are victorious. Father, right now, Holy Spirit, everything that's said and done right now, change us, transform us. May we come into an alignment of this truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, many of you guys know this. I, I played soccer in college, and what a great privilege, and it was awesome, and my body hates me for it today. Um, but, you know, I don't know if, if you haven't played sports, forgive me, but if you have, you, you know something to be true, that the bus ride and the plane rides back after a win are a lot more pleasant than a loss. Like, I, I promise you, it is not fun to be on like a four-hour flight or six-hour bus ride when you just lost. I'm telling you, it's like immediately everyone just stops talking. No one wants to say anything. If the one guy says some joke, everyone's just like throwing things at him and telling him to just be in depression, right? We're all just like, oh. it's a real thing, like, right, right? It's so much better when you get on the bus and get on the plane and you just won. Like, like the, the, the food tastes better. <laughs> The movies are a lot funnier. <laughs> it's easier to sleep. Like, there's just peace. There's joy, right? Now, I know that's a dumb analogy, but I'm sitting there studying this and reading this going, man, we are a victorious people because of Jesus Christ. Catch this. Hear this. Nothing you've done has made you victorious. Nothing you ever do will make you victorious. It's because of the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ in you, you are now part of a victorious kingdom. So what this should do is make us get on the bus with a little bit more joy. It should make us get on the bus with a little more happiness. It should make us get on the bus or the plane or in life with a little bit more excitement and just tenacity because we are victorious because of Jesus Christ. If I am in Christ, I sit in the same victory that Christ did on the cross and at the tomb. You are a victorious people. We are a victorious body. The church of Jesus Christ across the city that's proclaiming Jesus' name is a victorious people. This should stir something in us. What it should do is it should actually strengthen us. We don't have to sit and wonder if Jesus will ever be defeated. Can I tell you something? Over the last couple years, and I don't mean the guy like over the last couple, but I'm going to do it. Over the last couple years, somehow the church has allowed for this stuff to get in to allow us to hear a voice that we have lost, that we are not people of victory, that we do not have the Holy Spirit with us. I, I, maybe you haven't, praise the Lord, but there have been times and moments where things have crept in, spoken, and things that have not of the kingdom, and we have settled back going, ah, you know what, maybe we're not as, maybe, nah, maybe, Jesus, nah, maybe, maybe he can't overturn, ah, maybe he can't do, ah. And instead of going, I know what my Bible says. You know what your Bible says? He conquered death. 
He conquered the grave. He put all rulers and authority and dominion and power under his feet. They are under his feet. They're smashed. They're dead. They're done. They're defeated. They know they're defeated. And they are scared to death when the body of Christ rises up in victory and takes a hold of their strength. Not in arrogance, not in pride, but in just the pure knowledge that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has claimed us. They get scared when a church starts to become dangerous because we know where we're seated and we're seated with Christ. Told you I'm preaching today. Because we, I just, I just feel like there's just been such somberness. There's a place and there's a moment for that. But if we're gonna be a strong church, we have to know and come to the reality and live out the reality that we are victorious people because of Jesus Christ. And because the Holy Spirit rests inside of us. Anybody else love the Holy Spirit? Come on, anybody else love the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you this? When you said yes to Jesus' pursuit of you and his great love, you received the Holy Spirit. You received him. You're good. Don't wonder, be like, I don't know if that happened, whatever. No, when you said yes to Jesus, the Spirit came. Now, there's activations, there's empowerments, there's things that, but you received the Spirit of God. You received the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from that in you. You know what that makes you? Strong. You might not feel strong, I might not look strong, but I'm strong. Are you strong? You are. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's in you. Come on, wake up, church. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the one that brought victory, all of heaven's victory is now inside of you. Isn't that good news? Like all of heaven's victory is in you. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, listen, listen. You have been sealed. You have been given a deposit of the Holy Spirit. A seal back then was like ownership. It was, it was like who owns what. When they put the seals on, everybody knew who it was. And so Paul writes a word to a church saying, you have now been sealed. I got a big old seal on me that says I'm a child of the king. I'm royal. I'm, I'm, I'm strong. I'm courageous. I'm full of the spirit. That's my seal. That's your seal. I've been deposited right? The Holy Spirit to build in me the kingdom now and still look to the kingdom that's ahead. We have more faith for Jesus to return than we have faith for God to do something great here. Let us be a church that is so strong and victorious that we have faith and hope to believe that Jesus is going to do something here and now. That he's going to turn your workspace upside down when you walk in. Because you walk in with the kingdom of heaven. You walk in with the, is this good today? You walk in with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Well, Christians are just arrogant. Well, yeah. I'm not arrogant in myself. I'm arrogant in Christ. And guess what? People that think, you can't be too. You know, church people, you know, we should be confident. Confident. I tell my son, I, I, I told him, I grab him, I'm like, Titus, you can be strong. You're strong. Why? Because Jesus is in you. Adults, <laughs> if I could, I would grab you and be like, you're strong. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. <laughs> like, stop acting weak. Jay, stop acting like you've been defeated and crushed. And, oh, my God, we're never going to make it. No! I got the seal and deposit of the Holy Spirit in me. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. How many of you know we're going to be all right? Paul writes to this church and says, hey, listen, you are good. The Holy Spirit 
has come and lived inside and dwelt inside of you. So you know what you get? You get access to the entire kingdom of God. Do you hear me? You don't get half access to the kingdom. You get the full kingdom of God accessible to you because the Holy Spirit's in you. Do you understand that? Shame, guilt, condemnation, sin will all tell you otherwise, but you need to tell that stuff to stop and you need to go fully access what God has given you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know how to do this? Holy Spirit, help me. I said it once Wednesday. Holy Spirit, help me. But Paul writes to the church, you are strong, you are victorious, you have direct access. And because of that direct access, this should move us from just focusing on a kingdom to come and start to live out that thing now. I'm telling you, how this city changes is when the body of Christ stops becoming arrogant in their self and all their talents and their abilities and all their gifts. Like, stop posting, like, look what I'm doing, and start telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Start living out a powerful life, a generous life, a hospitable life, a, a fearful life, a non-fearful life. Are you with me? That's what this city needs. That's what your neighbors need. That's what your family needs. They need to see a group of people that are just like, man, what is it if I die? Guess where I'm going? I love you all. <laughs> I'm going to be with my dad. It's going to be good. I love you all, but like, right, what is it? This is, I'm speaking to me too. I have the Holy Spirit of God in me. I'm victorious. He's conquered me. He's conquered me. He's conquered my heart. He's conquered my eyes. He's conquered my mind. He's conquered my ears. He's conquered me. And he's given me that same power. This should stir us to be a people that, you know what? I don't got to live in sin. I don't got to live in bad habits. I don't got to live with a mind that someone's telling me that just never is going to get healed. Can I tell you something? Your mind will be healed in Jesus' name. I'm a testimony. Do you hear me, church? Somehow we've said, this isn't even my notes, but I just feel like the, 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 hearing victory is so hard in this generation today because, because Satan has schemed so much. And I don't even want to give him credit. He's a, he, but literally, depression, fear, anxiety, like all that stuff is so rampant today. Instead of going, hold on. And I, guys, listen, you all know me. I'm, I've been there. I was there. I, I, I go to counseling because I believe in it because it helps me. And the whole, I go to a Christian council because it helps me. They pray over me, put their hands on me. I'm like, yes, Lord. <laughs> but you know what the mind of a believer should be? A victorious mind. See, if you become this, you become dangerous. You become dangerous. But we, we just settle for like, ah, never gonna change. How many of you ever had that thought? Never gonna, it's never gonna get different. It's never gonna be different. Listen, that stuff is real, and there's great help for it. But the kingdom of God has called us to be a people that don't stop fighting and live in the victory that has already been won for us. So Paul writes, listen, you guys have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the deposit, the seal. And so he says, with that, right? Then he goes into this, this dialogue. With that, you receive some things in the kingdom that apart from the kingdom, they're foolishness. But because you're in the kingdom and you have access to the Holy Spirit, you get these things. You have direct access to them. And so it goes in through this list of things. And I want to just share a couple of these. Can I do that? Can I do that? Because you're like, well, how do I walk in victory? Here's how you walk in victory. 
Here are some things to help us walk as victorious people. A strong church lives this way out. You ready? The first is this. Because of the Holy Spirit, we receive wisdom and revelation. Let's just read the words of Paul. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. How many of you ever thought that God doesn't want us to know him? Or that we're never gonna figure him out? Better question. No one else, just me. I'm guilty of that. I'm never gonna figure out God. I can't understand him. I've been there. Paul writes, says, because the Holy Spirit's been given to you, you get to actually know God. You get to know the creator of the universe. You get to know his ways. You get to get filled with wisdom and revelation of what Jesus Christ has done and what he's doing today. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit, so if I'm gonna be a person that walks in victory, I get to ask, right, like Paul said, I pray, so I'm going, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom and revelation far beyond what I'm receiving today. Why are we cheap, why are we going for cheap wisdom from the world? Like why are we reading the stuff that we think is gonna fix? Why are we listening to the nonsense that we think the wisdom of the word of God is so rich and so powerful It will give you wisdom and revelation to know God better, to know how to operate in this life, to know how to be a person that does not fall but stands in victory. This is good. It's literally an access. He's saying, listen, I I want you to know God, and I want your eyes of your heart, the inner eyes of your heart, to be enlightened with light, the light you've received and the light that you're going to continue to receive. I want you to know him. You know, I said it at prayer meeting. If you have not been to prayer meeting, come to prayer meeting. Wednesday was so powerful. We actually felt the tangible presence. But I said, when you start to tap into this stuff, you start going from a wishing person to knowing what you actually have, and you begin to access it. I think far too many believers, this is no shots, please. But myself, I think far too time, I'm just wishing for things. I wish I could, I wish I could experience God here. I wish I I wish. And, and the Holy Spirit's like, you don't have to wish. Just come. <laughs> come to the table. Come to the banquet. Come and sit and feast upon the wisdom and the insight and the revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to give. Hello, this is good news? Like, we don't have to wish. We get to actually have access. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? Open this. Here's a good place. Start reading the words of life. Read through the story of Jesus. Read the Gospels. Open up Psalms. Get a pro. You know, there's 31 Proverbs. Do you know the months of the year have 30 or 31 days? Add, like, attach the day of the week to the proverb. You will grow in wisdom and revelation, not just of who he is, but his ways and how we're supposed to operate and all the things, right? If you're having a hard time reading the Bible, don't read the King James Version. Like, maybe get to a different, I'm being serious. Like, find what works for you and start to chew on the word of God. The Holy Spirit does not call us to be people that are like, we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I have no clue. I'm so confused. You know, confusion's not a a portion for the bride of Jesus Christ. He's so specific on big things, and he's really concerned about little things. Can I give you an example? So this, this the, the, the week leading up to, to Titus going into the hospital, this is very personal, but like me and Pastor Ruben were scheduled to be away out of town. And, and I just felt like for the last couple days prior to us supposed, supposed to leave, I just kept saying to Rich, I just feel like I shouldn't go. 
I just feel like I should, there's something in me. I don't know if I just don't want to go, <laughs> right? I just don't want to, we've been traveling like crazy. Like, I just don't want to go, right? But it's, it's not that, I'm like, and so for like a couple days, I kept saying, I don't know, 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 I don't know. And then finally, the light bulb. Anybody ever have the light bulb turn on? I was like, why don't I just ask the Holy Spirit? So I said, Holy Spirit, I'm done. I feel this. Can you just tell me? What's, your, what's the word today for, for it? And, he said, and all I sensed was, don't go. So we were supposed to fly out on a Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. My son is in the hospital Thursday. I would have been gone. I would have been half all the other side of the country to try to get back. It would have been impossible, right? It's simply those little, I just want to know what you're up to. Big, bigger than that, I want to know what your word is saying. I want to know the words that you're breathing into my spirit. I want to know how this thing is life. You with me? He says the Holy Spirit's been given to you so that you can walk in wisdom and revelation. We do not have to fall to the wisdom of this world. We do not have to have the mind of this world. He wants you to have proper judgments and discerning power. Can I tell you something? One of the greatest things we need is discernment in the body of Christ. Because there's a lot of people talking. There's a whole lot of noise, but they're never coming to answers. You receive that. We need to have discernment. And the Holy Spirit says, listen, church of Ephesus, church of Awake, like you don't have to wonder what he's up to. Are there times you have to seek him out more and over and over and over again? Yes. I love those moments because you know what it does in me? It builds something in me. So he's not tangling the carrot just so I don't ever get it. No, he's building something in me. You with me? Because some of you would take this and go, I asked an answer. I didn't get it yet. Tomorrow I'm done. Hold steady. Relax. He's building something in you. Don't give up. Don't give up asking for wisdom and discernment and revelation. He wants to give it. Because when you receive wisdom and revelation, limitations, sin, they start to break off your life a lot easier. When you get the revelation of how, just this simple revelation, how good God is, when you get that revelation, things start to shift. All right? You all right? You get a full gift of wisdom and revelation. Let me just say this too. We as believers, we should be the wisest people walking into rooms. Now, don't walk in going, I'm a believer. I'm the smartest person in this room. <laughs> That's dumb. That's not discernment. But I'm being serious. We should be walking into spaces, to your place of work, in relationships, because we have everything we need here for a life of godliness that Literally, you should be walking in having answers and solutions for the problems of this world. Did you know that? So not only is he leading you to the revelation of Christ and Christ resurrected and the Holy Spirit in you, but he should be, because he promised it, to lead you into wisdom and revelation to how to live out that power among you. Do you understand this, church? This is how we should operate. We should have solutions to the issues in our city. That's a really good place to say amen. We should have the wisdom of how to solve the issues at your workspace. 
You should have creative ideas flowing in you that will change the game. You should have things that are going to help hospitals and, and, and healthcare systems and also teachers and administrators. You should have solutions and wisdom on how to turn a place, a school upside down with the Right? All throughout Scripture. It was ordinary people just turning the world upside down because they gained wisdom and revelation from God. What are we doing? We're sitting in defeat. We are not defeated. We are victorious. You with me? Okay, so the second thing then is this. We receive, like Paul says, because of the Holy Spirit, we receive supernatural hope. Hope. You know, this world is never going to give you hope. Gimmicks, they will try. They will continue to try. I said to somebody the other day, I said, they were telling me about a situation and how it's just, I said, the world has not changed. It's the same game plan, right? It's, it's the same game plan. And somehow they keep trying to, it's never going to give hope. But the resurrected Christ in you and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you that should be, that, can I say this? Because this is for me too. We should literally be, the body of Christ should be the most hope-filled people in the entire world. We should walk around, I'm preaching to myself, we should be walking around with such a supernatural hope because we get to tap into the power of Christ that we should be changing things around us. You should be creating and building hope around you. I was in the hospital, right? And I'm thinking about what, 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 what's going on there. You know, it's not fun watching your son hooked up to all these tubes. And it's, it's kind of weird, you know. And, and the Lord said to me, Jay, this is a test. You can settle in despair or you can rise up in hope. I said, I'll take that one. I'll take hope. So you know what I did? I, I've had hospital moments with other, like Rach and them. And I've just been like, oh, so sad, sending texts. Like, I'm so, uh. And this one, I was like, no, nah, he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. But you know what? Every person that walks into this room right now, we're just going to have a party. So I'm telling you, Rach, I, I, she was there overnight. She did the night shifts. Come on. She was a beast. She did the night shifts. I was there for the day shifts. And sure enough, I went in, and I texted you like a couple minutes later uh, after you left the first day. And I was like, I was texting all the details of the nurses. And you're like, how did you get there so fast? Like, I was like, where are you from? What do you do? How are you? Like, I'm just like, yo, you came into this holy moment room right now. Like, you walked into this place now. You get what I'm saying? Like, the, you, you with me? The nurses that walked into our hospital room now just walked into the glory. <laughs> they didn't just walk into some despair, right? They walked into glory. Now, it didn't always seem like that. Like, one of the nurses here, thank you so much, walked in, Titus was losing his mind. It didn't feel like glory. But there was the glory of God in that place. You know why? Hope. You know what? I'm gonna bring hope to this space. This is a place where there are children sick. I'm walking down the rooms to go, but it's just, it's, it's hard. But I'm going, you know what? If I'm here, he's here. If he's here, hope's here. You with me? So if I'm, in, if I'm in my marriage, he's in my marriage. So you know what my marriage has? Hope. If he's with me, then he's with my kids because I'm with my kids. So I get to be you with me. Hope for my kids. There is hope that should be flowing through us because Paul says, listen, as the body of Christ, you should live with supernatural hope. Live with victory. So a situation looks dark, speak the words of life. I'm not a speak it and claim it type of person, but I am about speaking and proclaiming the word. 
We were with some brothers on Friday night. It's just going to go for a few more moments. But I was with some brothers on Friday night, and we were talking about one of them was having some dreams, and the Lord told him and directed him right to, to Psalms 91, where it says the pestilence of, of the day will not, the arrows at night, like all, it's a power. I love Psalms 91. Do you know Psalms 91 was just spit on during COVID? People were posting it, sharing it, and everyone's like, oh, that's the wrong scripture verse. How dare you? And I'm like, oh, no, not in this house. In the Trolia house, I'm going to declare Psalms 91. You know why? Because it's hope-filled. It's the promises that I get to have. Is this okay? So guess what I'm going to speak? The words of the word. I'm not going to start speaking some stuff that's not of the word. I'm going to speak the word. Because when the word is richly planted in you, you are like a person planted by the streams of living water. Everything you do will yield fruit in its season. Are you with me? So guess what? There are moments of, of hardship. There are moments of pain. I'm not, I'm not, that's real. But I get to be a person of supernatural hope because the Holy Spirit's inside of me. And you know what the Holy Spirit's telling me? Everything the Father's telling me. This should floor us. I've experienced deep loss. I did a funeral not too long ago for a young man, young. One moment, made a, made a bad decision. I'm in a room of over, I don't even know, eight, 900 people. And all the Lord kept saying to me was, I, I had to lead the funeral. I'm not trying to brag here, please forgive me for the person's part, but I was like, what, what do I say? And all I had heard Jesus say was, share hope. Well, no, that's not, that's not right. You gotta, you gotta. No, no, Jay, learn how to share hope in the midst of pain. Still mourn, but speak hope. Still, still cry, but hold on to hope. Be the most hopeful person in this place. Can I tell you, in that moment, in that funeral, hundreds of people, hundreds of people because of Jesus Christ gave their lives to him that day. They are still getting testimonies. The family is still getting testimonies today, today, about the goodness of God in that moment. Hope, this should be the portion that, right, hope. So you don't feel it? Hey, listen, you don't feel it? Get to this thing and just find one thing to hold on to. He that began a good work in me is gonna carry it to completion. That's, if that's all you got, if that's all you got, then declare that. I don't feel like good where I'm at, but just start saying, he who began a good work in me is gonna carry it to completion. I, every other minute, maybe you need to say, he who began a good work in me is gonna carry it to completion. I don't feel it, but he who began a good work in me is gonna carry it to completion. I don't know how it's gonna happen. Uh, he who began a good work in me is gonna carry it to completion. There's some hope that begins to rise. You with me? Because we're victorious. This is for you. Full of hope. This is, um, this is what takes meaningless lives to being dangerous for the kingdom of God. This is not us declaring like, we're better than. This is just us knowing the reality of the kingdom we're a part of. You with me? Okay. Third thing, two more things. Uh, Jordan, can you come on up? We'll just, we'll just probably have you just close in a second. The third thing that Paul writes for us to understand how we are victorious Wisdom and revelation, supernatural hope, and we get the inheritance of his glorious inheritance. Now, Paul writes that, and oftentimes when we hear the word inheritance, we think, how many think that? Be honest, my hand's up. I read that all the time, I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, I'll take it. But what Paul's writing is, is 
yeah, God will give you what you need. Can I tell you something? When you get comfortable and not needing too much, God will give you what you need. When you get faithful, when you feel like you're not gonna make it, God will give you what you need. That's a good word. That's a whole nother word, but we'll just stay right here. The glorious inheritance. Paul writes to them and says this. You wanna know what the glorious inheritance is that you receive because of the Holy Spirit? You get the presence of God. We don't preach about presence in this church because it's the new buzzword in church. I was listening to a conference talking about like, if you start to do, you know, copying in the kingdom of God is, is really dangerous because people just start to copy the trends. And hear me, I'm not trying to take shots, but people, they, they watch, you, right? Like, we've been guilty of that, trying to do things early on, just trying to make it, and we just, oh, that looks like it's working. And it blew up in our face. We're like, that didn't work. But really, when the Lord called us to be a church that's connecting and connecting others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence, it wasn't because it's hip and cool. I, act, I, I genuinely thought the church would blow up in a big way. Charles, I thought the church was just gonna be like, we're gonna have six services. Who, I don't know who's preaching six times because the Lord knows I am not. <laughs> I thought we were gonna blow up. Yeah, back from, like everything. Like, and you know what the church Because to so many, presence is a little scary. It's a little weird. But it's the greatest inheritance that we get. Instead of needing anything from him, I have all that I need in him. I said on Wednesday night, the reality of this is of Paul's writing saying, you've received the glorious inheritance. You gotta understand this. Oftentimes as believers, all we want is more, more things. We just want more things. We, we cry out in the desperation. We cry out in the pain. We cry out when the moment gets hard. We, 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 we seek him just enough to where the pain stops and we feel content and then we go back. Instead of going, I get him always. His presence. That's the glorious inheritance. You have presence available to you today, church. You don't have to wish. You just have to ask. You just have to enter in. Enter his gates with what? And into his courts with what? There's the key. You with me? Well, how do I do it? There's the key. I just gave you two. What? Enter into the gates with what? So just begin to thank him. You're like, how do I tap into presence? Thank him. Stop asking and just thank him. And then what? Start praising him. Why well, don't I have Jordan behind me? No, it doesn't matter. Just start singing songs that are in your heart. Start just blessing the name of the Lord. Just start opening up your mouth and letting things flow. The Holy Spirit will do Enter into his presence with those things. And when you get in there, I'm telling you, you get changed. You receive. I would take that over any financial inheritance. When you taste that and you experience that, you want nothing more. So Paul says, hey, listen, you'll be victorious and you'll be strong. Get to the presence of God. You have it available to you. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to wish. You don't have to, I just, I, I don't know how to do it. I just gave you the keys. You with me? Last thing, because I know the kids. It's late. You're doing all right. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your presence. One look at him, one moment with him changes everything. You're in despair, presence. 
presence. That's the inheritance that we get as a people of victory. It's not an ark that has to be carried around. It's not only for the high priests. Did you know that you now are called a priest? It's for you. The last thing is this. We receive immeasurable power. Paul says, because of the Holy Spirit, you will receive the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Not just something that's out there in the clouds and just, oh, it sounds really cool and I love saying that and ah, you get to actually experience it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, you get to experience inside of you, inside of your mind. Come on, how, can I give you a little insight into my life? As many of you know, I, I, I went through a really, really dark season. And I literally, coming out of it now, I literally take my hands like this and I say, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead rests on this mind. I feel God. There's moments I do that, I don't feel the tingles. I got the tingles. There's some moments I just have to say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the power that raised Jesus from the dead living in my mind. Church, we should be the most powerful people. Now hear me. I'm not talking about having like, like a thought. <sighs> Jesus came and everyone was looking for him to get on the horse and ride in and just start taking care of business, right? All the brothers, the 12, they were just like, we're ready whenever you are. We're ready to roll. He's like, I didn't come with a sword. I didn't come like that. And he's not doing it today. He's not doing it today. The, 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 Paul writes, hey, listen, Jesus has put all authorities and dominions and powers under his feet and leaves it there. Now, he goes into some things later on we're going to talk about, but he just leaves it there. Why? So many commentaries, people believe Paul could have cared less about the dominion of darkness. What he was consumed about was the presence of God. See, hear me. We're so concerned about the presence of darkness that we forget that we are part of a victorious God. We get our eyes so fixated on the powers of evil. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, don't put your head in the sand and not be aware there are spiritual battles. We battle, right, right? not flesh and blood, but principalities. But we're so consumed about, ah, fight these, instead of going, no, 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 I'm a victorious person in Christ. And so where I walk, the victory of Christ comes with me. So when I enter into situations that are dark and demonic and evil, guess what walks in with me? The light of heaven. And so the powers of darkness and dominion will not rule and reign where Jesus goes. But somehow we're sitting here fighting all different fights and battles and struggles and ah, we're just gonna see it out. No! Bring the hope of God. Bring the kingdom of heaven. I've been in more times and situations where, man, I just, I wanted to flip the desks straight up. Sitting in these meetings and hearing this nonsense and I'm just like, oh, I just have so much to say. We all have something to say. But sometimes it's good to just go, Lord, what do you wanna do here? I'm gonna use your power here in this moment. And can I tell you something? When I tap into that, more kingdom comes than more things I could ever say. Now listen, I'm not sitting up here saying there's not standards of believers, there's not things that I will not do, there's not places, like that's all, I, there are places that we do not go, we will not be a part of. There are things that I will not put my name, you with me? 
but we are so fighting battles. Oh my gosh, Starbucks stopped saying Christmas. Oh my gosh, what's happening in America? Like, oh my gosh. I saw Christmas cups are back. That's why I just thought of Starbucks. I saw a couple. Is that true? Did you have a Christmas cup? Christmas is here, guys. Cheers. <laughs> this is it. I'm closing right now, babe. <laughs> but somehow we were like, Christmas, Starbucks, how dare you put Christ back in Christmas? He's never left. He came. He came. Born in a manger. He came. We're going to talk all about it soon. Advent, can't wait. He came. But somehow we get caught on that. Instead of saying, no, I get to walk into Starbucks and go, hi, I'm, well, Rachel, because that's my app. But, like, I'm JP. Like, hi, I'm JP. They're like, Rachel. I'm like, no, that's me. They're like, I need to see some identification. I'm like, here. It's like, I'm JP. What's your name? Oh, I'm, I'm, hey, like, how are you doing today? Yeah, no, you, the one that's handing me your, my call. Like, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. Well, you're going to have a great day. Just be blessed. I am? <laughs> you are. Thanks for the coffee. I didn't want to sit there and like, repent. The kingdom of God is, I do that sometimes when he tells me to. <laughs> but I bring the kingdom of hope and light. I'm not sitting there like, oh, these powers are so strong. They're defeated. They're defeated foes. They have no place. And we need to tell them they have no place and then move into the posture that's saying, Jesus is king of all. He is Lord over everything. He has defeated everything. He's defeated the grave. And so that power lives in me. I'm victorious in him. Come on. We're victorious in him. Come on, church. Like, this is not arrogance or pride. If it becomes that, repent. This is saying he's done everything for me, and he's given me access to everything he has. So I get to be salt and light. I get to be hope. I get to bring truth. I do get to see people delivered from darkness. Come on, there's nothing more powerful to see people that are captive, set free, seeing the chains broken. There's powerful things. We get to be a part of that. Stop fearing darkness. It's already dead. Live in the great power that God has given you today. This is an action, though. You have to choose to do this. You have to choose to do this. As much as Paul writes this, he's not doing it for them. He says to them, you have to make a decision. There's days I choose not to, y'all. But I want my life to be more days choosing that. Amen? Amen? Come on, stand to your feet real quick.